You're listening to Secondhand Movies. We are your host, Morgan, and your co-host, Joel. And today's episode, we're going to talk about Undercover Blues. So we are reviewing Undercover Blues, which was a recommendation from me to Joel. In fact, you had to borrow my copy. Yeah, I had to borrow your copy. It was... (laughs) It was actually really hard to find. I tried looking at Walmart, um, Amazon. I mean, everything was two, three days out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't know why this movie's not streaming, because it seems like a movie you would find on a streaming service. Yeah, it actually does. It's It's a nice, easy, breezy watch. It is. So, this was made in 93, or released in 93, I should say, and it's PG-13... It's a, I would describe it as it's a spy couple that they're, they've had a baby and so they're on leave and they are vacationing in New Orleans and things happen. Yeah. <laughs> Adventure and shenanigans Adventures. and hijinks. Hi, hijinks. Hijinks. And uh, it's a fairly tame PG-13, I would say in general. It's mm, mostly language, I would say, that yeah. would be prohibitive to like children yeah light small small, and light marriage yeah light action yeah um not scary intense action oh no no (laughs) no even for 93 like very cheesy choreography yeah yeah (laughs) it's slapstick and it knows it oh yeah oh yeah, yeah definitely slapstick i remember seeing this fairly young yeah i mean 10 or 11 i want to say yeah I feel like 10 and up is a ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even really remember a lot of language in it. The only time I remember it is Stanley Tucci's character yells the F word. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid is like, whoa, language. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's they pointed it out. That's the only reason I remember it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like a couple of GDs and like the one F word and then a couple of others that are sprinkled so in general i would say this is basically a pg movie except for a few pieces of language that push into pg-13 territory yeah oh yeah and a few you know they're they're married and they act married but it's nothing yeah there's what would you call that would you call that like sens- sensuality yeah probably they're, i mean basically they're just they're, there's some foreplay that's very yeah. I mean, they're making, they kiss a few times, and there's some obvious, like... They're lovey-dovey with each other. Yeah, They yeah. kind of kiss and kind of... There's some body language that yeah, you forehead, can kind of tell what's going on. Forehead-to-forehead type thing, talking with each other. <laughs> oh, okay. You know. Oh, like, like, yeah, you know, forehead-to-forehead. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, they're close to each other. <laughs> Very close. Like, come on, man. <laughs> You've never heard that forehead-to-forehead? I, I have. I don't know. It just... <laughs> That's not what you were thinking, huh? No, I, I, would, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking anything. I was just Nothing. like, that's strange. Like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like the one time she's in a robe and she has a slip on underneath, so he like pulls the robe off and she's just standing there in her slip. I mean, you don't see anything. Like That's oh, the kind no. of... But I'm yeah. saying like that's the tone of this. Like it's very, very oh, yeah. modest. Oh, yeah. It actually is. It's very, It is very modest. But... Well, I think we'll get it. I would be curious what you thought of their dynamic as a couple, as well as the yeah. the other aspects. But we'll get into that later. Well, before we continue on, 
If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. We don't want you to miss an episode. No, definitely not. And you don't even have to take our word for it. You can take Juan, not Juan, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I really tried out the loud. I was like, Juan what? Like, what's like, the rest of that? Like, Han? <laughs> we apologize in advance. Apparently leave a pronunciation guide in your review. Dude, you never know these days. That Well, that is true. Han? 28, it's one it's spelled with an H, uh, he says it's in-depth, it's nice to have an in-depth look at movies without the discussions being reduced to jargon, and also to hear a first experience viewing of them. Yeah, I like that, yeah. I feel like that's a lot of what we've discussed behind the scenes of what we're aiming for. Yeah, Exactly. We're we're not we're not critics, and no, we're not definitely trying not. to be academics. Well, we appreciate the review. If you guys would also like shout-outs, yeah, go give us a review. We'll shout you out for sure. All right, Joel. Well, speaking of first viewings, this was your first viewing of this movie. Yes, this was. Uh, so, what was your impression? What was your what was your take? It was a very interesting film. I I honestly was a little, I was a little frustrated because I couldn't get my subtitles to work. I like watching movies with subtitles. Okay, I mean, fair fair enough, I guess. So, it to me it helps me f- focus more because otherwise I just start getting distracted and so I think that might have a little bit to do with it. Interesting. I, also, I watched this on VHS originally. There was no subtitles. Well, I mean, that's fair. But uh, I also don't have the greatest of hearing. So nah. working in an auto shop, you know. Just that is valid. Lots of air hammers. Yeah. Lots of air tools. We'll do that. We will. So I was a little frustrated with that. But, you know, I still got it. I still watched it. Uh, it was... I did enjoy it. It was pretty, pretty funny. Uh, all the, there were so many jokes, so many jokes, and it wasn't. I I was I wasn't necessarily laughing the entire time, but mm-hmm. I you know I was smiling. Yeah, you know, yeah. just kind of like waiting for the next joke to come. I kept doing the whole like, he'd say something and be like ha, <laughs> you know, just like. Just dad jokes left and right too. Just mm-hmm. sarcasm, like just hilarious. Oh yeah, oh. it it kind of reminded me of Robin Hood Men in Tights a little bit. Okay, I, I could see that. Yeah, it's like that kind of slapstick almost. I wouldn't call it slapstick. What's the word? It's a little bit of like screwball comedy. Yeah. Yeah, screwball. That's that's more of what I'm thinking of. For me, the most quotable tends to be Jeff Blue, Dennis Quaid's character. Oh, most because definitely. he's so wry about it. And the one that the one I was laughing about was he's like, Oh hi Morty and he's like, Muate, Muate for death. You die today. Right. And he starts like moving while holding his knife and he goes, 
you know, that looks really great on TV. But in real life, you get better results if you just kind of hold it like this. And he like poses. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> you always have this much problem with a little constructive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that quote, actually, that I was like, oh my gosh, that's our dad's. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love the one where they're, they first, the police first talked to them in their hotel room. And he's like, there was an attempted mugging half a block from here tonight. Really? The victim got away. Oh, good. You don't know nothing about that? No, I don't think so. Well, you match the description of the intended victim, a man with a baby stroller. And and we got us a bag lady that says she saw the man enter this hotel. And the desk clerk says that man was you. Well, that certainly narrows it down, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just his, uh, I love it. His his charisma. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's what you want to call it. Sar- no, it is sarcasm, charisma. Well, it's it's sarcasm, but it's also like very confident, but in a relaxed manner. Like he's never overbearing, and he somehow seems in control of things that he clearly is not able to have predicted and controlled but in once he gets into situations he's able to manipulate them just kind of effortlessly i looked up one thing and it was talking about tv tropes as it applied to this and one thing that talked about was the guile hero and so it's a hero who uses witticism and and manipulations and and his mind and they said you know oftentimes you'll see this be like a politician or something and that's the thing most of this, he doesn't really do anything mm, that impressive, like in the sense of physically. I mean, there's there's a couple of times he does. <laughs> they, I mean, they kind of talk about it even. Like, mm-hmm. what? Why doesn't Jeff have a gun? Oh, he's terrible. Damn, Damn a lousy shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did it? Didn't you have to uh, uh, bribe the FBI? No, that's a lie. I bribed the CIA. <laughs> I blackmailed <laughs> the FBI. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they said you were, quote, and I quote, bureau material. You weren't bureau material. That's true. I think myself more as an armoire. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in there was actually they were doing husband and wife stuff. They were <laughs> kissing on the bed and everything and... As my kids would say, they were kissy smoochy. Kissy smoochy. And uh, Jane is just like, kill the light. And so he like jumps up and like smashes the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, I meant turn it off. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> just smash the lamp. <laughs> well, and isn't that the same thing? I think earlier, yeah, just earlier he answers the phone and it's more they. Which we've got to talk about more to you here in a second. Oh, oh, definitely. And uh, he's like, do you know who this is? Well, you have a really sexy voice. Right? <laughs> right? And then he like gets off the phone with him and he goes, who is, and she's like, who's that, honey? Oh, that was Morty. He's going to be very useful. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you optimistic? Yeah. Right? So obviously you get introduced to the blues with their, she's supposed to be 11 months, I read, but clearly, you know, baby in the first year, but 
old enough that she's, uh, you know, starting to walk. Yeah, as I say, she starts walking in that one so scene. So they're, you know, they're just at the beginning of the movie just hanging out in New Orleans and crashing parties and eating out and taking <laughs> yeah. runs. I mean, just being goofy. Yeah, that, that first scene where they're with the... Uh, that other couple they met? Yeah, Tom yeah. Arnold was the, yeah, the husband. Tom. That's right. Yeah, which is... And I recognize her, too. I, I don't know... I didn't... I'll, I'll look it up. I did not recognize her. I feel but, like I do. But, yeah, they're sitting there, and they're, like, on their way back to the hotel, and they're like, so, how did you know that? And they're like, oh, we didn't know them. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, for reals? They're like, no, <laughs> we didn't know anybody there. <laughs> I was like, okay, this, it's going to be this kind of movie. All right. <laughs> She's in Kindergarten Cop, the wife. Oh, okay. the other couple. So that's probably where I'm thinking. Probably. It's been a while since I've seen that, but I have seen it. I forgot that it was Tom Arnold, yeah. Tom Tom Arnold. He's he's usually pretty crass, but he can be pretty clean as well. He he leans into the vibe of this movie. He's just playing goofy. Yeah. A little spaced out. So they go back to the hotel, and Jeff is about to smoke a cigar. Oh, <laughs> and Jane goes, "You're not gonna be smoking, planning on smoking that in the hotel room, are you?" And he's like, "I was not," <laughs> and starts to go on a walk, and so he is taking with a walk, his baby <laughs> walk with the stroller and baby girl, just smoking a cigar out in the French Quarter. You know, it's the touristy area of New Orleans, and then they they cut away to this guy, obviously drunk and. You know, just kind of stumbling around, and a couple guys jump him and take his wallet and his watch. Love the yes. foreshadowing there. Right. And then uh, it's our introduction. We get to see the secret star of the show, Mr. Stanley Tucci. Uh, secret sh- star? The secret star? Secret weapon, maybe, is a better term. Yeah. He's he- going to be very useful. <laughs> this this movie, if you recast him or just had the character be different, I think it would still work. It'd be fun, but it's a full, like it's a full letter grade better because of Stanley Tucci's performance. He is all in on the hamming it up. Yeah, he really is, and uh, a very young Dave Chappelle, still listed as David Chappelle. This is actually his first movie. First, okay. Yeah. I, I knew it had to be one of his first, yeah. if not. Yeah. Since we're on the subject of Dave Chappelle, I did read up, and he said that uh, he actually got choked out by a on-site, like, security guard. No. Oh. Because they thought he was a trespasser. And he's like, <laughs> I'm here for the movie. <laughs> wow. Poor guy. <laughs> But yeah, so his first movie, he—I mean, he was only in it at the beginning. Yeah, he's—he's he's only in that this one sequence. Yeah. Although, I mean, gives a good performance. I love his little. Uh, he wakes up a little bit after getting knocked down, and he looks up and he sees Jeff, and he goes back down. Yeah. Tends to be knocked out. I—I <laughs> I just I love the encounter. You know, they decide to mug one more person, and of course, it has to be Jeff. Walking around with his baby. And I just love it because they come out, you know, typical things. Like, give me 
give me your wallet. He throws it. It's like, give me your watch. Come on. He's like, it's a swatch. It's, you know, it's a knockoff. Hey, give me the watch. Give me the watch. And, you know, Morty's got, what, six watches? Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he had a ton of them. He throws it. He bites it. like, checking if it's gold. I'm like, it's clearly not. And then they, uh, Morty, like, before we go, you know, he just strolls out. My name is Moate. Very dramatic. Oh, yeah. He's like, my name. Don't you forget. My name is Muerte. Very nice. Well, very nice to meet you, Morty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, no, I love the line before he says that. He's like, is that it? Can I go now? <laughs> Look, we had a deal. You commit a felony. I get to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, it's very nice to meet you, Morty. And then he's he like walks up to yeah, walks up to him. She's like, "You're being very nonchalant about this. Like, yeah. come on." Yeah, he's like, "It's a it's a knife. It's a real baby, gentleman. I don't want any trouble." <laughs> right. And then, what did he tell her? I don't remember. I know that later they ask about the baby's trailer, and he says, "Baggage handlers." I think he just deflects. I think he doesn't say anything. He just goes and puts puts the baby down. No, he said something about it. I don't remember what he said, though. Yeah, okay. Because her name, the baby's name is Eliza Jane, I think. Jane they're, Eliza. They're arguing. Yeah, I was like, is it Eliza Jane or Jane Eliza? Yeah. And at the end of the movie, the baby's getting named after you. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jane and she's Eliza. just like, all right, fine. I hope I didn't oversell some of the comedy, but for me, I, I just find it fun. Oh, it was definitely fun. But you have to... You have to tell about, you talked about the that stroller. <laughs> now you got to tell about your stroller. Okay, fine. Yeah, so let's see. This would have been like three years ago. I think it was longer than that. Four? Yeah, yeah. it would have been. It was pre-2020 for sure. So, yeah, probably like four years ago. We were in apartments, and we were on a ground-level apartment in the corner of a building. And so... We had, you know, the normal front door that's facing the breezeway in the stairwell. Yeah. And then we had a back door that would go on a little concrete pad porch. And then basically there's a little bit of grass and then there was a road that, you know, ran in between buildings. And then, of course, there's sidewalks. And we actually had one of our good friends, Whitney. Uh, she was visiting us, and so we were just up. It was a Saturday night. We were up talking, and it was probably 11 o'clock. So, you know, it was getting fairly late. It's dark. And we start hearing something. And, I mean, you, you've lived in apartments, right? Oh, yes. I mean. Many. Yeah. You You kind of get desensitized because half the time there's yelling and stuff, and it's just kids or people just being weird or dumb like you go out and look and like yeah everything's fine you know yeah and so at first we're just like we stop for a sec yeah whatever you know go back to talking and then we hear a shriek again and it's like that's somebody in pain that's that, that's not a good sound so i run to the back door pop open the blinds and i see a car or something and so i'm like well okay and so I, you know undoing the lock and opening the door as I'm kind of processing this and I poke my head out 
and I see a car. I'm trying to think how far away this had been. I don't know, maybe like 50 yards. I mean, it's it's not far. It's about the distance of the other building. Like 50 feet? No, no. Yards is... A... Well, it's more than 50 feet. I don't know, 30 yards. Okay. I didn't play football. I don't know these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at judging yardage, okay? That's fine. I just know it took me more... I mean, 30 feet, you know, would be like three-second dash for me. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, usually, I guess the distance between buildings is usually right around 30 yards. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. But by the time I've looked out, I can see that the car door's open, and it looks like one guy is head down, hanging out of the car, basically. Pretty, pretty close to the curb. So I'm like, oh, like, there is something going down. It's nighttime, just the street lamps, you know, ambient light. And it was raining, of all things. In a second, I'm going, all right, I could go run and get a weapon of some kind. But also, I'm like really kind of nervous that this guy's going to get messed up if, you know, something doesn't change in the next few seconds. And so it really was a sense of like seconds matter. Yeah. And so. I just looked down at my feet and I was standing by where we kept a lot of kids toys and there happened to be a doll sized baby stroller that was, you know, somewhat metal. I went, okay, well, you know, it's a foot long or whatever. I'm like, sure. And so my brain, you know, you're doing this all super fast in the moment. So I grab it and I run out and as I'm getting closer by this time, a guy has gotten out. The other guy's laying, and the other guy's standing over him and kind of trying to kick at him. And, you know, just, and so I, I yelled, get off him. I came up and I like, like a diagonal backhand, basically. Yeah. Like my left up towards my shoulder. And so I whack him. <laughs> I whack the guy. And he just, he had a hoodie on. He's back at him, looks at me, looks at the guy, and he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Jumps in the car. They peel off. The other guy is just laying there. He's kind of like, get him up. I'm yelling at him. It sounds so overdramatic to like retell it the way it feels, but it's, I mean, adrenaline's going, it's raining, it's dark. In my mind, I'm, I'm like, we have to get to my apartment. Yeah. And so like, I, I'm like picking this guy up and I'm like pointing like, that's my apartment. We're going there. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there, you know, in your mind, there's helicopters and bullets and there's yeah. mortars. You know, you're like, oh, we yeah. got to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Because <laughs> yes. if I braid, I'm like, those guys might be turning around and yeah. they've got guns and they're going to pop us. I don't know what I just wanted to do. All I know is I'm not letting you get like stirp, like curb stomped. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we, we run in. And like slam the door. And later I kind of found out, I don't think Ashley or Whitney really knew what happened. And then I was gone. They were like, somebody's screaming. Morgan's at the back door checking out. Morgan is gone. Okay. <laughs> like it all happened really fast. Yeah. And so, but it was the craziest thing. He had gotten hit on his head and it's the only 
I, I used to think this was like hyperbolic if you saw it like in a movie. I kid you not, his blood was run down one side of his face. And it was like he would split it. So there's one side had like no blood and the other side just has all of this blood flowing down it because oh, yeah. of where they'd hit it. I was like, I just never seen that. He's like kneeled down and breathing heavy and all of a sudden I'm like, I really hope this is the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> like my brain, I'm just like, crap. Mm-hmm. I might have to beat you up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Your adrenaline was going. So. Oh, yeah. So he turned out to be like 17-year-old kid trying to sell a cell phone. Said they wanted to look at it. So he got in the car and let them look at the cell phone. And they you know, they said, well, why are you selling this one? He's like, oh, I got a new one. And he had the new phone on him. And so they tried to take his new phone and keep his old one. And they were trying to shove him out the car, and he was fighting back. And then he said he felt something hit him. We don't know what it was. You know, pipe, gun, random tool. He said it felt metallic. So who knows? And so anyways, that was basically when we kind of heard everything because he started screaming because they were trying to shove him out the car, and he was fighting back and trying to get grab his phones and get out. Yeah. That was the story. <laughs> and... You know, cops came and he he was fine. You know, they said it was probably a good thing I showed up. And they're like, you know, we don't really know what would have happened to him. And so, but the funny part of the story for me was that the next morning, this baby stroller had been given to us along with a few other toys from my sister and her kids literally the day before. And so they they get up in the morning and I told Ash, I said, do you think, do you think it'll they'll they'll notice? <laughs> like they don't notice a lot of their toys, right? Like it'll be <laughs> fine. And it was like the first thing they got up and they're like looking around their toys and I see them I'm going, Oh, they're looking for it, aren't they? Dad? Yeah. Where's our stroller? Um <laughs> And I looked at Ashley and Ashley looks at me like, Well, what are you gonna tell them? I'm like, how do you, how do you explain to like at the time, you know, a five and three year old, like what happened? And so I, I, just, I used your stroller as a defensive weapon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I said, um, I hit a bad guy with it and it broke. And they looked at me and they said, dad, you're joking. <laughs> and they look at mom and mom's like, no, he's actually telling the truth. What? <laughs> like, there was a bad guy. He was hurting somebody. I grabbed your stroller. I hit him, and it broke. I broke your stroller. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ashley goes, I'll go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so she just leaves and gets him a new stroller. But So our, our friend Whitney, she actually ended up calling me. Uh, I think it was the next night after all that had happened. She was telling me about what all happened. She basically she just summed it up. Like, yeah, we <laughs> we were sitting there talking, hanging out. We heard something, you know, kind of like what you were describing. We 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 all got quiet, mm-hmm. and then you got up and you went to the door to check your things out. And you know, Whitney and Ashley were still sitting there, kind of talking. And they were like, kind of keeping an eye on you. And then, yeah, sure enough, like, next thing they know, you're gone. You're, <laughs> you start bolting out the door. Whitney got up and, like, went to go check the door. 
or or maybe Ashley did. One of them did. Mm-hmm. And they look out the door or the window, and all they see is the silhouette <laughs> of you carrying the stroller, <laughs> running at this guy. <laughs> and then you like hit him, and <laughs> and so they were just like, "What?" <laughs> John Wick 5, we've got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so as soon as soon as uh as soon as I saw that stroller scene, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, now I know what Morgan was thinking. <laughs> I'm going to be Jeff Blue and I'm going to disarm this man." <laughs> You know, once once I calmed down a little bit for the adrenaline rush and, you know, f- figured out that the guy in my apartment was safe, that was probably, like, the first thing I thought of. I, <laughs> I just fought a guy with an umbrella stroller. Oh, my gosh. Undercover <laughs> blues. I've seen it too many times. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it made that scene so much funnier than it probably should have been. But I don't know. I mean, I, I liked it before, but, yeah. <laughs> I think I love that scene because of afterwards when he's talking to the cops. Oh yeah, definitely. Like there's just and, so many lines. And then like he does, he kind of avoids the conversation with Jane cuz she's just like, "What did you do?" Yeah. Cuz when they knock, she's still asking him. She's like, "Jeff." <laughs> yeah. And so detectives start questioning him and you know, there's <laughs> there's a man that the what is what did they say the there's a man matching your description, and yeah. then the bag lady, the bag lady saw you enter this hotel, and the clerk says that man was you. Well, that does narrow it down. <laughs> does narrow it down. The cops leave, and she's just like, she just stares at him. No, she throws a pillow at him. Oh, yeah, that's right. She, she throws a pillow at him, and she's just like, really? You took our daughter into an alley. Into a knife. Hey, in, there was, no, yeah, there was into a fair an, fight. Into a knife fight, and... Yeah, he's just like, no, it was a fair fight. There was two on two, two of us, two of them. <laughs> and then she goes, you still forgot the baby formula. <laughs> yeah. Like the one thing he was supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> the subtle annoyances of the cops by Jeff is an ongoing gag that I am here for. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, he, like, yeah, so many little nuances. Oh, yeah. Every time they try to ask him a question, he's, you know, he deflects with something. <laughs> the oyster bar. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have the cops in there. You're saying, like, why six dozen <laughs> oysters? Like, why would it, two people order that many? Like, come on. I'm still at a loss. Yeah. Like, they don't even bring them out six dozen. Like, come on. <laughs> bring them out like a dozen. <laughs> But yeah, the <laughs> honey, do oysters come with guns? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Don't move at first, and then yeah, they, they said, yeah, don't, don't move, and put your hands up very, very slowly, very, very slowly, <laughs> very slowly. I mean, why not just slowly? Oh, All right. No, no, no. First, he goes. Don't make any sudden moves. Yeah, don't make any sudden. Oh, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, he's like, don't make any sudden moves. 
Why? Do I have a bee on me? <laughs> yeah, she always plays along too. She's like, I don't see anything. <laughs> it's really funny because it's just like he gives the illusion of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even though he has like no control over it, he just has that confidence of, no, I got this. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. on vacation right now, all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's his, that's his whole thing. And never you never feel like he is taking anything seriously, but he obviously does take some things very seriously. And and you can see him drop that, you know, playfulness, kind of silliness every once in a while and he gets serious and yeah. actually says something and you go, oh, okay, that's you know, that's why he's a stable guy. Like he's not flipping about everything. Yeah. He just you know. Yeah, he got pretty serious when, like, whenever the cop, like, snuck onto the boat. He was just like, yeah. what are you doing here? Like, Yeah, because it's dangerous. Yeah. And obviously, every time it comes back to his family, you know, there's there's an obvious. Yeah. He cares about his family. There's an earnestness to, to that that, you know, again, he's still playful. He's still silly, but he also has a side of him that is not. It's two on two. <laughs> it was a fair fight. There you go. I think for me, one of the things that I just absolutely adore about the movie is you don't see many many couples like this. They're they're in a good place in their marriage, and they're a good couple, and they work together. Yeah, they don't really talk about how long they've been together either. I like the fact that them being a couple doesn't really doesn't really factor into the plot at all. There's no tension about their marriage. There's no this girl gonna tempt the guy away or is this guy gonna you know like there's none of this false drama about it. It's just they're a unit working on a problem. Yeah. They work together really well and they just don't build any of the tension or drama out of interpersonal conflict. They genuinely care about each other you know, they tease each other, they are romantic with each other, they yeah. parent together, they plan, they execute, you know, their spy craft together. Yeah. They 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 play together. They play with the, the police officers. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. back and forth on them. You you said you liked so the uh, the baby doll. They're they're buying the oh, doll. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were they were buying the baby doll. Uh <laughs> That's a big baby doll. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she a little... Yeah. Isn't she a little small for uh, dolls? <laughs> oh, no. That's oh, for no. Me. That's for me. It's an anti-feminist or a post-feminist. Post-feminist, yeah. <laughs> post-feminist doll. Isn't there more to that joke, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then Jane is like, yeah, she's got uh, little sneakers on and she, uh, she, she works all day with little sneakers on and she resents it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's... joke was way ahead of its time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a joke that is aged well. Yeah. Well, speaking of just the age of it, I was kind of curious. You know, I obviously have nostalgia for it, and I'll freely admit that part of the reason I like this because I saw it when I was young, and so it's been a movie I've enjoyed for a long time. As somebody who has zero of that and just saw it fresh, and obviously. You know, it's been 30 years since this movie was made. Does it hold up in general? Like how much how much age is kind of on there in a bad way or a good way? I mean, yeah, you can definitely tell that 
there's age there. I mean, we, we've we've talked about this a little bit, um, you know, off podcast. The Princess Bride effect. Our generation is just like enamored with Princess Bride because mm-hmm. you know it's got a little bit of everything, you know, action, romance, comedy. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's got everything, and kids kids these days, you know. I feel old saying that. Kids these days, come on now. You know, they watch it and they're just like, oh, okay, well, this mm-hmm. is this is kind of weird. I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny, okay, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it, it's like that. Like, that's how I would see it um, because I didn't grow up on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I do love older movies like that. Sure. So it definitely, like, I, I could see the connection and I got the humor. Uh, obviously, the action is just very <laughs> <laughs> choreography is pretty terrible. But I mean, I wasn't expecting really anything. No. No. <laughs> I mean, but especially the way that Stanley Tucci holds a knife. I wish I could convey to everybody. I mean, I know this is a podcast. You, I you wish I could watch convey it. the the just the amount that of stuff that Stanley is doing. In physical comedy, I can't convey over a podcast, but it just absolutely cracks me up. I mean, we started talking about him, so let, let's just yeah. journey down that road. I was looking through Rotten Tomatoes, which honestly I don't do that much, but this movie doesn't have a lot about it online. Like it's again, it's it's not a very documented movie. But I loved this one review. It says, Tucci's go-for-broke presence alone justifies the picture's very existence. And I am I'm here for that. I'm 100% in agreement. <laughs> that if this movie only exists so that I get to watch Stanley Tucci, I could watch that movie. Right. All the other stuff is fun and, and fine and dandy, and there's some nice moments there. But I never laugh nearly as much as I do anything else except for when Stanley Tucci's on screen. Even in other funny sequences, like the the interrogation sequence where they capture the bank teller guy, Ferguson, I think is his name. They tie him up and she comes in and she has the hotel uh, bathroom <laughs> and she's pretending to be the evil doctor that's going to insert a needle into his pain center. And like that whole sequence fun and playful. And I, I usually chuckle a couple places there because they're just good jokes oh yeah but then they get a knock from the police and so they have to get rid of them and so they're they're like you know get out of town change your face blah, blah blah and they open the window and throw them like into the bushes and as they do it stanley tushy's there with the knife and goes, i kill you ah! <laughs> <laughs> and i laugh at that <laughs> right they just <laughs> there and they just push them out and they're like Oh, hi, Morty. <laughs> yeah. and, and Morty's little scream as he goes back. It's just, oh, uh, it's, it's, it really is the screams. I die laughing every time the sequence after the bomb goes off at, in towards the end. And he, he's got lost teeth. Yeah. And then he's hobbling around. He finds the gun. <laughs> the guy's holding it. He can't get his gun out. <laughs> Sitting there struggling with it. He shoots his butt. Yep. <laughs> that scream and then he's trying to jump up to get up the stairs and just falls through the stairs 
all of that. I I was laughing so hard uh, at the alligator scene. I mean, that's the other great. <laughs> I, I love it too because you you just see enough to know Jeff's got some kind of plan, right? But what exactly, right? And then he flips you, him over at the alligator. You you want me to save you? Yes, 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 yes. All right, throw me your wallet. <laughs> it's only fair. <laughs> you broke my stroller. You owe me thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I think he says the change too. Like he's like he knows exactly what it was. Yeah, <laughs> he's like okay, <laughs> let's get me out of here. I, I don't care. I do not like the alligators. <laughs> <laughs> they are eating my shoe. <laughs> he's Come like, on, you save me now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give me your jacket. Oh, okay. Okay, ah. yeah, I make a rope. Yeah, yeah, great. And it's like, ah, it's, not, it's just not long enough. I love how he tears it in half, too, so it's really... Like, yeah. Like, he's just trolling him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, it's too short. He's like, um, your pants. Yeah, give me your pants. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's no. Like, and I love Jeff just responds by clomping his teeth. He goes... <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't even say anything. <laughs> And then he leaves him stuck in the treetop without pants or shoes in the alligator pit. And he passes a bunch of uh, school kids with a nun. He goes, don't miss the gators. <laughs> I was just dying, dude. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen a better version of that kind of thing. I know. Like, trapping somebody by animals and it'd be that funny like i can't think of another sequence that, that is like it i know it was it was very good very well put together and so i i mean to me the only stuff you know going back to the princess bride effect i think what happens a little bit is that our our current generation of people who grew up watching movies they're so used to everything being visually at a very high level everything's glossy even cheap comedies nowadays can do so much visually and so anything that existed when most movies didn't incorporate any cgi most didn't really incorporate even that much effects I yeah mean, I, I get that undercovers is a little cheesier but it really is just a product of its time but they don't appreciate I don't want to say cheese because I think that's a different thing, but artifice maybe is a good word. There was a bit more suspension of disbelief, I feel like, for us growing up. There was a lot of movies that weren't perfect. Yeah. And we just kind of rolled with it. Like we just, we wanted to enjoy the story. It's like Princess Bride is an incredible story. Yeah, there's some visual things that are part of its charm if you want to approach it that way but also are not very realistic sure and to be fair even at the time i don't think they were going for realistic i think they were going for a story that was a fairy tale uh the fencing yeah the fencing was all real the fencing was pretty good but i think undercover blues is just it's kind of the same category of it's just yeah. this is not why you're watching the movie i will say that the one stunt that i think is a legit stunt that is actually more impressive for the fact that it was 
you know, you couldn't really cheat the, it. The crane? Yeah, the crane and helicopter. She, like, drops the <clears throat> briefcase, and she's got her legs tangled in the rope ladder of the helicopter while it's flying around. Then she has to fall in the mud, and obviously the lift of the elevator, she's underneath it. You know, she's got to hold on to something. And, I mean, I know those are fairly easy gags, but, again, you have to do that. You have to have somebody rigged in and hold them and ride up and then she's got to be on that crane and you got to do the drop down from the crane where she jumps in the mud and the other lady's gotten tangled up in the rope and then she falls and so i mean all of that's practical those are some legitimate stunts yeah i don't know why that sequence is so much better that's the only thing that bugs me is there's a few places where it's really cheesy and it's like that's pretty solid i'm like why couldn't the rest of the movie been that <laughs> so that's the only thing i probably would have I mean, there's definitely some, like, breaks in the timeline, goofs, gags, oh, whatever, because, sure. like, it doesn't show her getting out from underneath the uh, the elevator. And, right. Like, you see how high that elevator is, and you see her, like, jump on the crane. Mm-hmm. And then it, like, kind of cuts, and then she's, like, suddenly, like, instead of 150 feet in the air, she's more like 40. So No, that's a fair. I just meant, like, the actual fight, like, their choreography. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that was really funny. Actually. Of course they ended it with, you know, two girls fighting in a mud pit. (laughs) And then just throwing a flamethrower for good measure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because why not? (laughs) <laughs> I I love his smirk smile though when he's like I'm seriously getting pissed <laughs> right you better quit it he's like I'm actually mad and I'm still smiling but I'm mad <laughs> I think that this is like a really good example of a movie that if you remade it just right I think it would be really good to remake because if you could get the humor to still land I mean if you had the right cast I think you could update certain things and it would work. But, I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know, man, because Stanley Tucci. That's true. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to find a Stanley Tucci. You would have to find Stanley Tucci. Like, that, that's why, like, some of these movies that they're remaking, like, they just don't work because, Mm. like, you have to have the charisma of, yeah, of those actors, actresses. Yeah, no, you'd you'd have to find the the. I mean, the the main three, obviously, you you you'd have to nail. They'd have to be really good. Like yeah. you said, there's a presence on screen. Even Stanley, even though he's playing this really bombastic, goofy caricature, it's still, like you said, it's still kind of charismatic. You want to watch him. Yeah. No matter what he's doing, even if it's stupid. But I mean, both Kathleen Turner and Dennis Quaid have that thing too i mean they they have the comedy timing they have enough dramatic chops you know to to carry those moments as well and they have great chemistry and that triangle really carries the movie but there's a lot of secondary roles to fill that you'd have to nail too the 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 two cops playing the buddy cop thing you know i really enjoy them too i mean they're very much there, there's the phone for you. I, tell him to hold on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he just plays such a 
good straight cop and then such a good like sidekick cop oh yeah. you know it's just it's just for me it's a classic i was so yeah. happy when i introduced it to ashley and she got it oh yeah i was a little nervous i was like i really hope she likes this i know it's a stupid goofy movie but it's really fun yeah like i said i get it i get that nostalgia feeling uh i like i kind of watching it i i definitely got that that vibe from it like just if i would have watched this as a kid I would have been watching this all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how often I watched it, but I mean, I definitely watched it several times. Oh, yeah. Rewatching it recently, I mean, for this, I I was definitely more aware of some of the technical errors or limitations. There's some there's some ADR, some dialogue stuff that's like, mm, yeah, it doesn't match. Your lips are moving. Your words say something else. Yeah. Little things here and there. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I don't care. Like, yeah. It's one of those things, if I could seamlessly, perfectly fix some of that, I mean, yeah, I would. But, you know, if you took away too much, obviously it would take away some of the charm. That's what I was about to say, is, like, you can't really fix some of that, though, because that's that's part of what makes a movie a movie. Like, some of the goofs in it. Mm-hmm. Some of the oopsies. Oopsies. <laughs> what did you think of the taser? We talked about this a little bit. Did did that confuse the heck out of you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a stun gun cattle prod thing. That's not a the taser. That I, I it it looked <laughs> I wonder if the if I wonder if it's like one of those things like the script calls for a taser and like we don't have a taser and like can you just make something? Sure. Yeah, I want to say <laughs> that like what that actually was. Do you remember those portable TVs? Yeah, where you just like pull out these long antennas. It looks like that. That's exactly what it looks and like. We're just add a couple of knobs on this, and whenever they touch you, just shake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're just twitching. I was like, uh, I see what he means now. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that is definitely... but, but again, like, that's just what, like, even if they couldn't get a correct prop or something along those lines, like, that's what makes the movie, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Like, it's bad for a reason, but yeah. it's good because it just, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Just ridiculous. So. Uh, <laughs> I know, and he says it so seriously, too. Yeah. This is a taser. He's really trying to sell it. He right? really is. What, what made me laugh was he doesn't stun her. He stuns his buddy who's trying to help seduce her. No, he pulled out a gun. That's when he tased him. Oh, well, yeah, but still, he didn't want him. He didn't want him to kill her. He's a loose cannon. I mean, all right. We said there was a plot. We didn't say it had to make sense. I mean, th- dude, that's a hundred percent fair. <laughs> so when the general brings the the C, the you know the plastic explosive, I forget what they called it, and uh, to Polina, yeah, and. And uh, he's telling her about blasting out and stuff. I that particular sequence always 
I feel like you could just throw in a couple of Muppets and we're right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely could. Very cheesy. <laughs> they even kind of acknowledged that because, you know, they, the blues knew the the bad guy. What's her name? Polina. Polina. She's like, she was like, there's got, there's something different about you. Are you, you haven't changed. Have I changed? Just your men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mr. Blue, you, how do you say? So foxy. He's <laughs> like, what about Lieutenant? He's not too bad either. <laughs> right. It was the era of one-liners. I mean, this is when Stallone Very... and... Dry. Schwarzenegger are at the height of their powers. Yeah. You know, everything is a one-liner. Yeah, these were very dry one-liners, though. Yes, yes. This movie, it only got like a 6 out of 10. It's only got like 60% meta or something along those lines. I After watching it, at first I was just like, man, Morgan's really hyping this movie up. <laughs> and I was just like, is this just going to be a failure of a movie? Or like, what is it? And then so like, faith. after watching it, I, I get it. Because this is a movie that like us two can watch and we mm-hmm. can just laugh about it. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. And that's like, fair. That's like, fair. Yeah, not everybody has that dry sense of humor that we got. Right. This is why I'm recommending the movie to Joel. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what movies you like, this is, can be a really good time. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it, it's not winning Academy Awards, okay? No. I would probably cast Dan- Dennis Quaid in something after seeing this. Which, I mean, hey, he had has a yeah. very good career. Very much. Stanley Tucci has a very well career. Yeah. D- no. Dave Chappelle. I uh, mean. Yeah. Actually, most of the secondary actors in this have continued to have pretty good careers. I mean, yeah. Tom Arnold and um, uh, Ferguson, the one bank guy. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, the other cop. I've seen him in several things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the funny both, boys. Of, both of the cops. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, both they, of them. I, I recognize both of them. Uh, Going to tell and you the their boss. names. Uh, and we have, yeah. <laughs> the, the police chief. No, no, the uh, uh, I meant they're they're like a handler in the CIA. Oh yeah, the yeah. One that, the one Frank. Frank? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The other police officer, I'm going to butcher his last name. It's Oba, or Oba, sorry, that's his first name. Oba Babatunde. Um, and he he was in Friends, Sounds of the Lambs, That Thing You Do. I forgot he was in that. Philadelphia, John Q. So actually, he's in several things I've seen too. He looked familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember which movies. Both of those guys are kind of people that show up. And you're like, I've seen them in something. What's her name? I mean, not like I feel always feel bad. I'm like I should know their name. Um. So yeah, Larry Miller and o- Oba Fabatundi is how I'm gonna go with that. Works for me. But yeah, uh, Richard Jenkins is Frank. Yeah, 
I was thinking of uh, he plays the dad in Step Step Brothers, mm. so which I don't know if you've seen, but that's just a silly no. Will Ferrell, John C. Riley. Yeah, movie. I've seen clips, but I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was a big movie between me and my brother. So mm. we, I mean, it's hilarious. It's very quotable, but you know, it, it's so okay. So the point I was getting at earlier is just like how. You know, you have to have a certain sense of humor to, like, get this. Like, it's the same with, like, certain actors. Like, not everybody can handle Will Ferrell. So if you can't handle a Will Ferrell movie, Step Brothers isn't funny. No. But if you can, Step Brothers is hilarious. You know? Mm-hmm. Not everybody likes Napoleon Dynamite. No. But, you know. I did not like it the first time I saw it. I didn't either. But I also watched it alone by um, the first time I watched it. And I was like, why is everybody ranting and I'll, raving? I'll, I'll tell you after the podcast who I watched it with, and you'll understand why <laughs> I probably did not enjoy it as much. <laughs> the The second, third, fourth, fifth time I watched that, like yeah. it was with other people, and we all laughed about it, mm-hmm. and we were all just like, well, "This is so ridiculous! Oh my gosh!" Yeah, your mom goes to college. Everyone knows I'm training to become a cage fighter, right? I bet you I could throw this football over the mountains. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's maybe a good jumping off point too. I was thinking about, I, I always when I find a movie like this, I'm always like. So what else would be like this? I mean, yeah. maybe Napoleon Dynamite's a good... I I would say, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite. Perfect. You know, it's got that older vibe. It's kind of got that slapstick comedy. Very dry. Very dry, yeah. Cer- only certain people will find it hilarious. Other people will find it kind of just dumb. A movie that's I've always felt it's from a similar era um, is a movie called It Could Happen to You. It came out, I think, yeah, the next year. It's a Nick, Nicholas Cage and Bridget Fonda, and then Bridget Fonda's uh, husband is Stanley Tucci in this movie. And it's Oh, boy. I got to watch that. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's just a sweet little movie. I mean, there's nothing, like, amazing about it, but it's fun. It's basically a a cop plays a lottery ticket and he ends up promising the waitress that if he won, he would share with her, basically. And well, lo and behold, he wins like the jackpot. And so his wife is like going nuts that he promised that he would give this random waitress half of his money. But uh, but yeah, Stanley's in there for a bit of it. How interesting. If you like Undercover Blues, you probably like It Could Happen to You. If you've watched It Could Happen to You and you liked it, I think you would like Undercover Blues. Of course, a classic. It's not necessarily as dry, but, I mean, my family always loved While You're Sleeping. It's got a lot of the same kind of yeah, oh, yeah. quotable miscellany. These mashed potatoes are so creamy. Argentinas could be beef and Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we won't go on that tangent too far. We'll be here all night, right? <laughs> I would, I, I will recommend this movie to other people. Definitely, 
If they have a, a dry sense of humor. Well, I mean, even if they don't, if people want to get to know you, a good way mm. is to, like, give them music, film, books. True. Like, hey, if you can read this, if you can watch this. Right. If you get this stuff, then we we'll 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 work we'll, just fine. Yeah, we'll vibe. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we we can be friends. Yes. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah. you know. So it's it's gonna be kind of one of those kind of. Type, it's a good litmus test. Okay. Yes. yes. No, that I never thought of it that way. That's yeah. That's true. Like if I ever mention like Emperor's New Groove to somebody and they're like, I don't like the movie, I'd be like, I probably won't like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah. That, that movie's hysterical. Unfortunately you also start judging that person very hardly. Um, <laughs> what? Like, how dare you not like Emperor's New Groove? <laughs> My good opinion once lost is lost forever. <laughs> exactly. Actually, there was one interesting uh, callback. I find it's funny that we ended up picking this movie after A Few Good Men, or just shortly after. Yeah. Um, because originally Kathleen Turner's part was supposed to be Demi Moore. She was offered the role. I'm glad that she did not end up doing it. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, she's funny in a few good men in a, you know, an awkward kind of way, but I just, I don't think she would quite have the right vibe. No. Um, I, I, I don't know that I've seen her and Dennis Quaid in the same movie. I don't know how their chemistry would be. I mean, I think it would be fine. And originally it was it was actually even after Kathleen came on, it was still gonna be Harrison Ford, which is I could see him doing something like that, but he's never done well in those types of movies. <laughs> the whole movie has to shift tonally to accommodate that. Like I think there's a version of this movie that would have worked with like Harrison Ford in a in a co star. But it would have been a different version of comedy. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been as uh, it, he can. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as dry. Harrison doesn't have that goofball thing. He has I mean, a bit of gravitas. That that was Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, he's very sarcastic. But but Harrison's always kind of grounded. Like there's yes. a bit of gravitas to anything, even when it's lighter. Yeah, and Dennis Quaid, especially young Dennis Quaid, could really play like kind of an idiot like <laughs> yeah like i was stunned the first time i saw silverado i had never seen like manic energy version of um oh my gosh how did blank on his name <sighs> kevin costner like, yeah. kevin costner was always kind of serious mega star you know yeah and so going back and seeing him in something like that i was like whoa yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's a young Harrison Ford that could. That, I mean, that is true because, yeah, 93, this is like, what is that? That's like, what, like Patriot Games era? Yeah, I mean, probably. Air Force One. I think Air Force One was a little later, like 96, 97. Yeah. So, yeah, this is probably Patriot Games. Yeah, yeah. probably about so, right. Yeah, so he's also a little older than... Oh, yeah, he's Dennis definitely Quaid. older. Yeah. Just would have been a completely different movie. I mean, yeah. like we talked about earlier, you, you 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 watch the movie for Stanley Tucci. Man, it was also weird seeing him with hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also, I never thought of Stanley Tucci as particularly, like, fit. I mean, I don't, 
he's never been fat or out of shape. I just, I don't think of him as like a buff guy. Yeah. And, you know, like he, he obviously is staying in shape at this point in his life. I mean, he looks, yeah. he, he, he has some definition and got he, some hair. And, yeah. Yeah. It's just funny to see him play like a tough guy, you right. know, because, oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's playing like, the Hunger Games announcer, and I think, of course, of like the Devil Wears Prada yeah. and Julia and Julia stuff yeah. like that. The Dad and Easy A. Yeah, I haven't seen that, so I don't think of that. <sighs> you haven't seen Easy A? No, I haven't. That's the kind of roles I think of Stanley of now, and obviously that's worlds away from Morty. Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> My name is Morty. <laughs> hey, hey, Morty. I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, now, I, I really want to know if Jeff Dunham's seen this movie. Because I feel like he stole that. Oh, right. <laughs> i kill you. You said that they originally they had offered the role to Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Again, it'd be different. But Antonio it, does have a good sense of humor. He does. I mean, like Spy Kids. He was yeah. pretty funny in that. And he's got a, I mean, and especially Zorro. young, he's got a lot of energy and yeah. So I mean, Zoro, he was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't feel like that's bad casting by any means. Like, I think the movie could have worked just fine. Obviously, can't replace Stanley. I mean, Stanley's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's definitely one of those movies. I don't know. I mean, you would know this. It was an odd thing for a movie to catch on with my whole family. We would have movies that some of us would like. My brother and I would like, or, you know, my dad would really like something. The rest of us really wouldn't click with that much. He's like, oh, I don't know, I just like this about it. I'm like, all right, dad, it's not that great of a movie, but you enjoy it. Fine. You can have it. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but every once in a while, we'd find these movies that is like, everybody like, my mom likes this movie. My dad likes this movie. The kids like this movie. And Undercover Blues was just one of those for us. Like, it, it had the sense of humor, like you said, very much... In keeping with our family's oh, yes. dry sense of humor. Um, and it has just enough kind of, like you said, as a kid, it has just enough action gags, whatever you want to call it, to be interesting. Yeah. It's not all just, you know, people standing around talking. And it's funny, it's lighthearted, but it's also, you know, and it was, you know, and it was clean enough that, and it was clean enough that it didn't offend anybody. I think that's part of the reason why I love I loved it so much as a kid too, is it was just it was one of those movies that I can I can connect with Undercover Blues with everybody in my family. Yeah. Like I can bring it up. I I still don't know why if your family loved it that much, why didn't my parents watch it with us? Like <laughs> I think I'm, I'm I'm slightly offended at my parents right now because of that. <laughs> I honestly think we found this a little later. Like I want to say, my parents saw it, and we at some point watched it as a family. But then we didn't have it. Like we just got it from the library or Blockbuster or something. And so Ooh. I think by the time we bought it was when VHS was going out. And we still had a VHS player in our van. And so we ended up... Like on a trip? Well, no, what happened is, like, 
all of the video rental places were going out of business or not go out of business at that time. They were just getting rid of all of their VHSs. And so we were picking up VHSs for increasingly less. Oh yeah. And so I remember you know, that. It was five dollars and it was three dollars and it was two dollars and then it was a dollar and it was like two for a dollar, you know. So we ended up buying a bunch of stuff just because it was fifty cents or a dollar. It's like we'll watch it once. If we hate it, who cares? You know. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure in one of those bins was undercover blues. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but that's how I remember it. So I don't think we bought this until y'all are probably in Colorado. And so it's probably uh, why. Like I don't think we ended up buying this movie until probably like oh three. And so uh, we well we weren't we weren't in Colorado until like oh eight. Was it that late? Yeah. So, well, maybe it's, I'm just. But, I'm, I'm thinking well, we moved to Dumas. So. Yeah, as I say, you guys were probably in Dumas at that time. We we moved in 05, but this. I mean, I'm just saying, like it would have been around that bubble. So it just. Yeah. It's not like it was one of those where when you and I were growing up and we were spending each other's, you know, sleepovers at each other's houses and stuff. I don't think we had it. So, I think it was a little missed in that way. Quite that possibly. would be my defense of your parents. I'm not sure how aware of it they were. If you have to come to their defense, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious now to see, like, do your parents get this movie? Did right. they Had they seen it before? I would not put it past my parents if they had seen this before. Mm-hmm. Because this is this has my parents written all over it. <laughs> so I, I will probably recommend this. I, I'll make sure they either listen to this or like, mom dad mom dad go go watch this movie like if you can if you can find it go watch it they are just like the blues honestly <laughs> they are just so engrossed in each other and just having adventures right now that they don't really watch tv all that much but they they do watch the occasional movie <laughs> well i'm glad you enjoyed it and I'm glad it was a good recommendation for you. I mean, that is the the point is for y'all to join us on this journey of us finding the recommendations in our life for the each other. If you enjoyed this recommendation, let us know. I, I This is definitely one I'm really interested. If you've seen it, let me know your thoughts. Even if you hated it, I'd like to know why. And if you loved it, I'd like to know why. And, you know, it was this one that connected with your family? Or, you know, did you catch it when you were a kid like me? And, and it's fun. Or maybe you've missed it like Joel and, you know, it's nostalgic and funny and just a good time. You can email us secondhandmoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and while you're listening, that helps us out a ton to grow and get ranked so that hopefully other people can find this show and, you know, find recommendations and be part of this process. If you have any other recommendations for us to watch, always, always email us. We're always looking for the next movie. And so the next movie is going to be a recommendation from Joel. What you got? I'm actually really excited about this one. <laughs> I have been ranting and raving about this to him for, what, like three years or something like that? I mean, it's only been out for like three years, but <laughs> I'm honestly shocked you have not seen this but this movie i'm recommending to him is 1917 and i i am i'm you are such a movie nerd <laughs> that like cinema cinematography cinema cinnamon shut up <laughs> 
I kill you. <laughs> Cinematography. You're such a nerd cinematography wise that I figured you would have seen this already. Actually, the reason I haven't seen it is because I'm such a a cinematography nerd. Now you got me messed up. (laughs) Uh, I refuse to watch this movie without intention. Like, I was not going to watch this movie without setting aside some time to watch it fully engaged. That's fair. And you, I have five kids, you, so... You've been a little preoccupied, so... Yeah. I, I guess I'll give you that. So I pushed it off and pushed it off, and then we started doing this podcast, and you would mentioned it, and so I knew we were going to do it. I knew we were going to do it, so I was, I was like, all right, I'll just wait. I was talking with your wife, and yeah. I, I gave her a couple of different options. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She went with 1917. Yeah, we'll get to the others eventually. Because she's watching them with you, and so she was like, wait, what, what's next? I want to know what's next. So I was just like, well, we can't decide between these these couple of movies. And she was just like, that one sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> that This is true story. So. Yeah. Sometimes I just flat out tell her, I'm like, you're not going to like this one. <laughs> like, Hostiles, I was like, don't, don't worry about it. Cinematography-wise, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, it's all, well, they say it's all one continuous shot. Right. It, it's portrayed as one continuous. It's presented yes. as one. There's only one, well, I think there's actually two technical breaks in, in the entire film. Like, Cause yeah, there's definitely like just ways like, how do you shoot that without like breaking? Like you yeah. need a break right here. And sure. they still like do it. I, I will warn people this will this next episode will probably be a big old nerd talk and Morgan's gonna be telling us all about like how they did this stuff. And so like and I'm going to ask a bunch of questions on it. So however, I do want to say that it's also a very good storyline. It's a uh, what? What do we call those? Kind of like hostiles, um, like a, a travel log. Travel log. Yes, yeah. it is kind of a travel log. They they get orders, and you know this is nineteen seventeen, mm-hmm. World War One. You don't have. I mean, they're just now like coming up with the telephone and Morse code and. You know. Yeah, so they still still have to physically carry yeah. messages. Yeah, it's almost it's still like faster because like otherwise you have like breaks in the line mm-hmm. because of the bombs and stuff like that. But these two military guys, I'm just gonna say military guys. I don't know their range. Two guys. Yes, they uh they get this message, uh, and they need to go stop or I forget what they it is. They have to carry the message. They to have a to carry army or yes something. to a different platoon. Yeah, and. Of the two guys, one of them, his brother, is in that platoon. So not only would he get to go see his brother, but he might actually get to save his brother. Yeah, yeah. I've I've only heard good things about 1917, so it's definitely been one on my list that I've wanted to see. I'm excited about this one. I think I think we'll have a, you know a lot to talk about. 
if you uh, want to watch that with us before our next episode, uh, feel free to. Also, if you listen on Spotify, we have polls for each of our episodes. And so be sure to check the poll on this movie and cast your vote and we will let you know the results. Well, thanks for listening to Secondhand Movies Podcast. I'm your host, Joel. And I am Morgan, your other host. Thanks for listening.